Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day. For what it's worth, I begin each day's segment with renewed hope that today will be the day I deliver the performance that, quite frankly, you Crack Rackets fans should not only expect of me, but the performance you deserve. And I have not lived up to those expectations here. Throughout the first 10 days of the 2021 U.S. Open on Wednesday, we go 1-3, down 1.95 units overall. Unfortunately, the teenagers continue to kick my derriere in the women's singles competition. I think I've been on the wrong side of seven different wagers against both Layla Fernandez and Emma Raducanu for Raducanu on day 10. She earned a straight set victory over Belinda Bencic to not only advance to her first Grand Slam semifinal, but of course deliver us a loss in the Bencic spread. We also lost on Karolina Pliskova. Quite frankly, I was just wrong about that. Maria Sakari able to capture that performance she had in round four against Bianca Andreescu and bring it into her quarterfinal match. She's been spectacular all season long. One of eight players to rank top 20 in both hold and break percentage, top eight in the race to the year-end finals. Again, the metrics suggested uh, she has performed at the level all season long that Carolina Pliskova has captured over the past six weeks, but Sakari outplayed her. And so unfortunately, that was a loss with those two favorites losing. We fell short on a parlay as well. We did get a victory from the Alex Zverev spread. He covers five and a half games against Lloyd Harris, but unfortunately with that result we fall to 19 and 30 down 10.41 units overall at the 2021 u.s open nevertheless my confidence never deterred this is what happens in this game sometimes you get on hot streaks sometimes it goes the other way nevertheless i am determined to finish in the positives i think we can do it i think we now have 10 days of data to process to comprehend as we look towards the home stretch day 11 semi finals in the women's singles competition of course bottom half of the draw got a day off top half of the draw competing on back-to-back days should be a super exciting day of tennis of course as always i want to run you guys through the money lines the over-unders the spreads the props the parlays offer you my preview of each of the matches as well of course before we do that just a quick reminder if you have missed any of the action in New York, you are looking for recaps of each day's events. You can find them on our mini break podcast. We've had one for every day of this 2021 U.S. Open. If you've missed out on any of the action, you can catch up there. You can find the links uh, to those episodes wherever you listen to your podcast. Just search mini break podcast. You can also find the links to the episodes on our website, crackrackets.com. I do also want to quickly note we are super excited to be heading down to Knoxville. Tennessee for the inaugural Knoxville showdown. It's going to be four top 25 teams in the nation competing in some early fall action. You've got Tennessee, Kentucky, Columbia, 
Pepperdine. The good news, that action early in the day. So if you're waiting for those U.S. Open matches to start, particularly Saturday, Sunday, when it's later starts for those women's and men's singles final, get your tennis fix early in the morning by joining us at the Knoxville Showdown. You can follow all of the action on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. But with that said, again, at this point, we are committed. We are going to finish strong here for the year's final Grand Slam. So with that in mind, let's get into it. Here are my picks for Day 11 of the 2021 U.S. Open, my GSP Aces of the Day. Let's start with the money lines. You look at our two women's singles matches. Again, it's going to be Arena Sabalenka taking on Layla Fernandez. It's going to be Emma Raducanu taking on Maria Sakkari. We'll start with the more prohibitive favorite, the most prohibitive favorite, the favorite by odds makers by the tennis abstract uh, women's singles forecast moving forward into these last two rounds and that's second seeded arena sabalenka who has been excellent all season long excellent here in new york as well you look for sabalenka she lost a set in her first round match against Nina Stojanovic has not lost a set since and it's been impressive wins for her along the way and what's been so impressive perhaps is how routine she's made a win over 2021 French Open semifinalist Tamara Zdancic look how excellent she was out power tennising a Danielle Collins who had won the title in San Jose who had arguably been one of the five best players in the post Wimbledon stretch she then knocks off former doubles partner Lisa Mertens straight sets it was you know what not the cleanest tennis last night against or two nights ago against Barbara Krejcikova in a one and four victory for Sabalenka Krejcikova clearly physically not at her best but guess what Sabalenka won that first set a bunch of close games she was on the right side of all of those decisions got a first break right out of the gates in the second set held on to that break wasn't broken the rest of the way in the set six four victory for Sabalenka to get to a second consecutive semifinals and of course coming into the season for Arena Sabalenka one of the big storylines was that you know she hadn't had that big run at a second uh, in a second week of a grand slam she had never reached the quarterfinal stage of a grand slam entering this year's Wimbledon she does that at Wimbledon then she rips through this U.S. Open draw to do it again here at the U.S. Open wins the matches she should be winning again she was a favorite in every single one of her matches and given the circumstances of that quarterfinal she should have beaten Krejcikova in the straight set fashion that she did you look for Arena Sabalenka here this season now overall on the year in 2021 she's 43 and 14 that's a 75% win percentage you look for her in terms of the finals she's made. She made three this season, uh, you know, was big win streak at the end of last year, wins Ostrava, wins Linz, starts with a win at Abu Dhabi to open up the year, uh, then made finals at, at Stuttgart where she lost to Barty in three sets, beats Barty a week later in the Madrid final in three sets. You look for Sabalenka this season on hard courts. She's 23-8 and eight overall. You look at her splits, 18-2 and two against opponents ranked outside the top 50, 25-12 against top 50 opponents. And given the depth in the women's game to win, you know, over two-thirds of your matches against that group of players speaks to how Sabalenka has separated herself from the pack. She's also 9-7 and seven against top 20 players this season. She does have a win over an Ashley Barty, over a Simona Halep, over players like Vika and Mertens and Krejcikova here. She's worth uh, worthy, and she has earned that number two seed 
Now, of course, you look with all of that said, it's going to come as no surprise to all of you that Barbara Krejciko, uh excuse me, that Arena Sabalenka is a minus 310, uh, minus 360 initially. I think she's moved down since I wrote down my picks. I'll go with the odds I have written down, minus 360 favorite at the time. Over Leila Fernandez, the 19-year-old Canadian former junior Grand Slam champion who has been one of the, if not the biggest story of this 2021 U.S. Open. You look for Leila Fernandez. It's not just the three consecutive three-set wins she's now earned over Osaka, Kerber, and Svitolina back-to-back. No, it's the fact that you look at all five of her victories here at this 2021 U.S. Open Excuse me. She beats a former quarterfinalist, former top 20 player, a player who is working her way back from injury, but certainly starting to play good tennis in Anaconia straight sets first round. Konya, by the way, three straight set victories in qualifying. We saw how valuable that was for Emma Raducanu. Speaks to how good Fernandez has been off the bat. She then beats former top 20 player Kaya Kanepi in straight sets. Obviously, the three three set wins over the defending champ Osaka, over a former champ and a peaking player in Kerbera, a player on a nine-match win streak as she won the Chicago title entering this event in Alina Svetolina in a third-set breaker. And, you know, again, Fernandez was down to Osaka in the second set, won a second-set breaker, you know, was playing Kerber even in that second set, wins a second-set breaker. In the biggest moments, on the biggest stages, a 19-year-old has been the most clutch performer of the tournament. You look for Leila Fernandez, the lefty, it's just, it's unfair and it's illogical how well-rounded her game is for someone her age. You look for Leila Fernandez in her run uh, to this uh semi-final round, you know, she's played three consecutive matches over two hours, and you look for her in total on court, she's played, you know, over 10 hours of tennis in her five matches, age 19 years old, you look for Fernandez, it's just been high percentage performance after high percentage performance, and, you know, against Svitolina, when she had to play with a little bit more aggression and take some chances down the line, she's still, you know, in the positives in her winner to unforced error margin, 42 winners against 31 unforced stairs. She's plus 11 to Svitolina. Still impressive, but more tentative. Plus seven mark. You look for her against Naomi Osaka. It was, you know, matching Osaka's pace without becoming reckless. And in that match, she makes 80% of her first serves. 28 winners in that match against 24 unforced errors. You know, two of five on the breakpoint chances. Wins that second set tiebreaker. 7-2 as well. She's just played high-level tennis across the board. And, you know, again, you take answers and press with a grain of salt always because all of these players, regardless of their age, even if they're 19 now versus if they're 39, they're just so well-trained to answer to the press. They, they've they heard the answers, the buzzwords, the things they're supposed to say, credit to my team, credit to my opponent, credit to whomever you're supposed to give, credit to anyone but yourself. But Leila Fernandez believes in herself and there's a candidness and just a truthfulness to when she answers the question well what are you thinking when you're in that third set and how you're struggling physically she says well if I'm struggling physically imagine how my opponent's feeling and that's not a buzzword answer as sexy as that answer is on paper that's a testament to her belief in herself that's a testament to just her belief that she belongs at this level she can compete amongst the best of the best and you look for Leila Fernandez 
Hernandez in her young career, 22-15 and 15 here uh, this season, but now 37-20 and 20 in her career in WTA-level hardcourt matches. That run includes a title in Monterey earlier this season, a final last year, uh, I believe, in Acapulco as well. She, you know, again, has just, it's steady progress for Layla Fernandez here this season uh, and across the board in her young career with this semifinal result. She moves, obviously, to a new career high now inside uh, the top 50. She's at number 36 in the live rankings. You look now in the race with this result. Layla Fernandez all the way up to 31st. You look for, she was a little bit lower coming into this event in terms of the ELO rankings uh, for Fernandez. She was 80th overall. You look for 2021, she was 69th. Obviously, those numbers will skyrocket once the ELO ratings are adjusted after this event. But again, for Layla Fernandez, it's the high percentage. It's that she's not beating herself and she's not compromising her aggression, playing passively in order to not beat herself. Her ability to take the ball early, you know, on the rise, down the line, off of both wings, forehand, backhand, it's special. Her willingness to follow those balls into the net as well and her willingness to just, you know, again, be the aggressor, be be daring, be bold, and just there's no fear in anything Layla Fernandez is doing. At the same time, you look for her in her career, Layla Fernandez, and you look for her also this season. She's six and seven against top fifty opponents here on the year. Obviously, has gotten three wins in the past three rounds against top fifty opponents. So you know, it was three and seven coming into this. You look for her. In her career, she's 11 and 12 against top 50 opponents, four and five against top 20 opponents. Again, three of those four top 20 wins came in this event. This is the big breakthrough moment for Layla Fernandez. Not only is it her first second week at a Grand Slam, first semifinal, obviously, which, by the way, only a one semifinal difference between her and Sabalenka. You look for Layla Fernandez in her career. She's 4-1 overall in semifinals. This is her third semifinal at the WTA level. You look for Arena Sabalenka. This is her 23rd semifinal at the WTA level. She's 14-8 overall in those semifinals. And this gets us, by the way, you know, again, this that sets the scene for you. This gets you to the pick in that match. I'm leaning the way of Sabalenka. You look for Arena Sabalenka in her career in WTA level matches, 13 and 9 overall against lefties. Why do I bring that up? A Layla Fernandez a lefty. And I know that 13 and 9 level uh, number doesn't sound particularly impressive, but she's 2 and 0 against lefties this season. She's also won her last 5 matches against lefties all in straight sets. Why is that important? Because Layla, uh, because Arena Sabalenka, uh, you just watch her game. Obviously, I think her backhand is the more solid wing, while her forehand is the more explosive wing. The forehand is the wing where she does the majority of her damage, the forehand and the serve. I think that backhand is going to be able to stand the test. You know, that backhand cross court to the Layla Fernandez forehand, I think she's going to be just fine in those exchanges. She'll be rock solid, and I think she's better hitting that forehand on the run, which is where Fernandez will go when she tries to test her hitting that forehand down the line. And, you know, again, I talk about for Layla Fernandez in her career against top 20 opponents, four and five. Yes, she faced the pace of Osaka, but, you know, that's one. And 
this version of Osaka was not the prime version of Osaka. You are getting the peak Arena Sabalenka. You look for Leila Fernandez. She played Petra Kvitova last year, third round French Open. That was a five and three loss for her. That's a good, you know, again, that's a good performance. But outside of that match, I don't think she's ever faced someone with the consistent pace and just explosiveness that Arena Sabalenka plays with. I think this, and, you know, again, you just look at the way Sabalenka has blitzed through this U.S. Open. She is playing her best tennis entering this match. And Svitolina was as well. And Kerber was as well. And Fernandez escaped with three set matches in both of those, uh, in both of those matches, three set victories, excuse me. But those two matches were also on her racket. This match is not on her racket. This is the first match where you say, okay, you know, since the Osaka match, which she did win, although it's worth noting Naomi Osaka was up a break and a set in that second set. But this is the first time since then where you say, okay, this match is probably on her opponent's racket. And that's why I lean towards Arena Sabalenka in this one. Not only the pressures of the moment, the pressures of the stage, which Arena Sabalenka just experienced in the previous major. And I think Arena Sabalenka is very much an absorb, react. She's someone who needs to experience the stage, the pressures, uh, pressures, get a firsthand experience before learning how she needs to make adjustments in those moments. And I think we're going to get an even better performance from Sabalenka, who served well against Pliskova, but other than that, was definitely played a nervous match in that Wimbledon semifinal. That was a match that still went three sets. I've mentioned this fact for Sabalenka constantly on our Crack Racket shows, but I mentioned that number for Sabalenka here this season, 43-14 and 14 overall on the year. You look for Sabalenka uh, in those losses here this season, all but two of them were in three sets. She lost straight sets to Pliskova in Montreal this year. She lost straight sets to Goff in Rome. The rest of them, three set losses. So even when it's, you know, even when she's on the losing end, her serve, her power tennis keeps her in the match. I think for, uh, I think Fernandez's run comes to an end tomorrow. I think, you know, this is the sort of breakthrough run that is kind of the feather in the cap of what has been a breakthrough season for Arena Sabalenka into the serious ranks. Uh, you know, she's always been sniffing around this area, but she is now in the serious ranks of the elite of the elite in women's tennis. You look from a value perspective, and I'll get here to the lines now. Sabalenka, oh, up to minus 320 since we were speaking. So again, she's pushing back towards that minus 360, but as I've spoken about before, I don't think that's the value play. I think the value play is to take her to win this match in straight sets, in particular to win this match in over, you know, cover a minus three and a half game spread to win it, you know, a five and four or a six and three, a six and two, a really close first set where that power tennis, you know, Fernandez comes out matching the aggression, making, you know, shots and being bold, but can't she sustain that over the course of two hours? Now, she's done it the past three matches, but 10 hours on court, uh, you know, over 10 hours on court competing over the course of these first five victories for her. That's a lot of tennis. Meanwhile, Sabalenka hasn't spent longer than an hour and a half on court. Give me Sabalenka to cover the spread tomorrow. Minus three and a half games over Fernandez. You go that route instead of the money line. It's minus 155. We're just there's more value in that play. So give me Sabalenka minus three and a half over Fernandez, one point five five units to win one. That's ace of the day number one. Ace of the day number two, uh, obviously involving women's match number two between Maria Sakari and Emma Raducanu. Now I, I spoke about Raducanu literally yesterday, so. 
so I will try not to repeat myself too frequently here, but you look for Maria Sakkari. She is one of the eight players right now to rank top 20 in both hold and break percentage in the women's game. You look for Sakkari in terms of the rankings. She is currently a little bit lower, ranks 19th in terms of hold percentage. You look for Maria Sakkari, though, entering this uh, this U.S. Open 9th in terms of break percentage. She's breaking serve at an elite rate. And, you know, again, I, I've mentioned this stat in our mini break podcast. She has in, improved her first serve win percentage in each of the last six seasons. Subsequently, she has improved her hold percentage, how frequently she's holding serve, in each of the last six seasons as well. And that career high is now good enough for her to be a top 20 server on tour. And she's always had the return skills, the athleticisms fit as a fiddle is Maria Sakkari. Uh, that fact has manifested itself down he- uh, here down the home stretch. You look for Maria Sakkari after what felt like a little bit of a lump following you know her semifinal at the French Open, following her semifinal in Miami, following semifinal Abu Dhabi to start the year. She was so excellent uh, to kick off 2021 that the fact that you know you look at actually her results after that French Open, the fact that you know second round loss to Shelby Rogers at Wimbledon, third round loss in three sets, round of 16, I should say at the Olympics to Svitolina and, you know, round of 16, three sets, seven, six in the third loss at Montreal, two and two loss first round to Angelique Kerber. I suppose that one is a little bit questionable, but that all those feels like it was a down performance for Maria Sakkari speaks to the success she's had this season. 31 and 14 overall, 14 and two against opponents outside the top 50, 17 and 12 against top 50 opponents, perhaps most impressively 10 and seven against the top 20 and you look for Sakari this season the wins over Kvitova and Andrescu in this tournament wins over Mertens, Sriantek Kennan at Roland Garros a win over Osaka in Miami you look for her she ended Naomi Osaka's win streak earlier this season. She ended Sviantek's win streak at Roland Garros. She ends Andrescu's win streak at the U.S. Open. She's been excellent just by every metric. And again, career highs for her in hold percentage, in break percentage. You look for her just across the board. 21-9 and this season, a 70% win percentage on hard court. That's 1% better than her 69% win percentage for the season. And all these metrics make sense, by the way. For Sakari, she's 26 years old. That's when you enter the prime of your career and you look for Sakari with this semifinal. New career high for her, number 13 in the live rankings. You look for her now sixth in terms of the points race. She's accumulated the sixth most points this season, folks. On the WTA Tour, you look for her, you know, again, overall ELO rating for her has jumped all the way up on uh, number 15 entering this event. She'll obviously get a bump as soon as we are done with this uh, tournament. And it's just how well-rounded her game is. The fact that she's a top 20 club member makes sense by the eye test as well because there's no glaring vulnerabilities. Yes, the second serve sometimes hangs up a little short, but you can say that about everyone. The first serve, her plus one forehand, the way she was hitting against Pliskova, keeping her on her back foot, she's playing like a top 10 player plays, like a player who regardless of your game style, regardless of what you bring to the table, she's going to fight and scrap and claw and make the match a track meet and just make the match a battle of will. Now, you know who's going to have a bunch of willpower entering the semifinals? Emma freaking Raducanu, the 18-year-old now, eight victories here in New York, three in qualifying, five in the main draw. She's yet to drop a set. Now, she's only played one top 50 opponent in Belinda Bencic, although I consider 
Shelby Rogers and oh excuse me that's a lot she's played three top 50 opponents in Benchich uh, Cerebes Tormo and Shelby Rogers but she hasn't played you know a top 10 opponent yet she hasn't seen uh, a a, a uh, player of the caliber uh, excuse me of Maria Sakari who may not be ranked in the top 10 but again I just said it's sixth in the points race following this result until that Belinda Benchich match where look it took her two games three games to do some calculations do some processing in her head and then she came out and make adjustments and she was the player on her front foot. She was the one playing plus one tennis. She was the one moving Benchich from corner to corner and getting to the net and just being the aggressor, which at 18 years old, at that stage, your first Grand Slam quarterfinal, are you kidding me? And again, you look for Emma Raducanu. It's been a very clean run for her to uh, the semifinals. She hasn't spent over two hours on court in any of her eight victories. In fact, her longest victory was a one-hour 37 win, 6-3-7-5 over Bolkvadadze in the second round of qualifying. So over now like two weeks ago, uh, you look for her. She hasn't played. She's played one set over 6-4. That was also in the Bolkvadadze match. Other than that, again, she's yet to drop a set in eight any of her eight matches you look at the splits for Rada Kanu on serve she's making over 70 percent of her first serve she's winning over 70 percent of her first serve points over you know I think 48 percent of her second serve points by hold percentage it's one tournament but you you know you compile this uh, with the round of 16 stats that she has from Wimbledon she's been a top 15 server on to or she's been a top 15 in break percentage as well now obviously it's an extraordinarily small sample size but outside of a Wimbledon match where you know I, and I don't mean this to be rude but I'm saying this just again she she beat herself in that match because the stage the moment she just wasn't quite ready for it then she's ready for it now and she's come out swinging. Look, this was a 16-year-old who was one of the top juniors in the world and immediately 2018, 2019 is starting to play futures-level events and is having success. And you look for Rada Kanu in her career, what's so freaking impressive overall. She's 65-20 and 20 in her 85 career tour-level matches. She's, you know, 60-14. Uh, and 14 on hard court. She's 4-0 now in her career against top 50 opponents. And again, 18 years old for her to have this sort of success, 21-6 here this season. Finals of a 125K, two quarterfinals at the 100K level, two round of 16s, now a semifinal at the slam. Obviously, she's up to a new career high in the rankings into the top 100, where she will likely not be leaving for quite a bit of time. Currently number 51 in the live rankings. You look for her race to the year on finals. She's 40 third. She'll be a huge jump up the ELO ratings as soon as these U.S. Open results are compiled as well. She's been excellent, but again, this match, essentially a pick According to the odds, they've got Sakari minus 116, uh, 160, Radikainu plus 135. You look for tennis abstracts forecast, it's too lopsided because they haven't quite processed the data from Radikainu's wins here at the U.S. Open. It's still just such a small sample size of matches for both her and Layla Fernandez. Honestly, you know, both of them have played fewer than 150 matches, fewer than 100 at the tour level as well, which is more important for the forecast's sake, but I mean, look, the youngsters have the goods at the same time Sakari's the complete package. You know, Rogers saw the first serve, first strike power of Shelby Rogers. She answered that question. She saw the relentless line drive tennis of Belinda Benchich. She answered that question by getting Benchich stretched into the outer thirds and, you know, maintaining her aggression. 
but the physicality of Sakari, yeah, I suppose she saw part of that from Cerebus Toro, but Cerebus Toro didn't have a weapon to hurt her with. Sakari's got the serve. Sakari's got the forehand. Sakari's also got a confidence right now. She's been in this semifinal stage, and let's remember, she had that match against Barbara Krejcikova on her racket in the French Open semifinals, a match she loses 9-7 in the third set to the eventual champion. I think Maria Sakari, I, I think tomorrow's the day, the run of the teenagers comes to an end. I, as much as you know, the all-teenage final would be a narrative we all enjoy, and that is a narrative I could see happen. I do think if one of them wins, both of them wins, because if the first one wins, now the belief is there that much more for the second one. But I think tomorrow the moment's too much. It's also, again, first time in a while she's had to play back-to-back days. You know Sakari is going to be ready for that challenge. You you have no questions for her. Just at 18 years old, you do still wonder for Emma Raducanu, do the eight matches start to add up? So you look tomorrow, again, Sakari minus 160. I just think there's more value in the spread, minus one and a half games. Give me Sakari, even if it's a 6-5 you know, and five or a 6-4 and four or even a 6-6. Six and six. She still covers. Give me Sakari minus 130, minus one and a half games, 1.3 units to win one unit overall. Of course, we got to end. Have some fun with the parlays as well. To keep things interesting here, both today and looking towards day 12, we're going to double up the parlays. We're going to hedge our bets and double up on the youngster parlay because they've beaten me oh so many times here. This week. So we're going to hedge a little bit. We're going to parlay the money lines of Radicanu and Fernandez. Radicanu plus 135, Fernandez plus 270. You parlay them both to win tomorrow, plus 769. We throw a quarter of a unit on that, we win 1.93. For a quarter of a unit hedge, that is worthwhile. We're going to do that in case that's the, you know, we've, again, I, I, at this point I'm committed. But you, you got to have some fun. You got to acknowledge your shortcomings. And I feel like that hedge is an acknowledgement of the shortcomings. Option number one or two, the other parlay I want to go with Sabalenka, Sakari on the money lines, plus Djokovic. Here's why. You throw in Sabalenka, Sakari, who I have made the case for to win their matches, and they both win. Now we've got a plus 200 bet with Novak Djokovic winning in it heading into tomorrow. We can hedge that bet by betting Zverev on the, as the underdog. As I mentioned, Djokovic right now, minus 250. Just guarantee us a win, which is what we need at this point. Wins down the home stretch. I think that's the wisest way to do it. Give me Sabalenka, Sakari, Djokovic, three-person money line parlay, plus 200 on that. We'll throw one unit on it to win two in return. Those are your aces of the day. Again, Fernandez has been excellent, but I just don't think she's seen the test, uh, the power tennis, the relentless power tennis of Arena Sabalenka yet. Of course, you know, Fernandez over 10 hours on court. Sabalenka's yet to play a match that goes longer than an hour and a half. Sabalenka minus three and a half games, minus 155, 1.55 to win one. Give me Sakari minus one and a half games over Radic Kanu minus 130, 1.3 units to win one. Give me a Radicanu Fernandez hedging parlay. You take both of them as the underdog money lines. You get plus 769 odds, quarter of a unit to win 1.93. Then we take a Sabalenka, Sakari, Djokovic money line parlay, plus 200, one unit to win two uh, units in return. Those are your picks for day 11's aces of the day. Again, recaps each and every day on the uh, 
mini break podcast feed. You can find all the content on our website, crackrackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe, review to all the shows. And if you need the more immediate update, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Crack Rackets. You want to message me directly? I am at Great Shot Pod. A shout out as always to our super producers, Max Ligner and Daniel Westoff, for the f- of an editing job they do day in, day out. With that said, again, day 11 of the U.S. Open. Crazy to think we've only got four days to go at the year's final Grand Slam. But for our super producers, Max Ligner and Daniel Westoff, and for all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. May the odds be ever in your favor. And hey, great shot. We hope you enjoy the tennis. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 